podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, here's how Miro works. See, it's amazing. What's everyone doing at David's desk? Ever since marketing started using Miro's collaborative online whiteboard, he thinks all our other teams should sign up. Why? He says Miro's making his meetings disappear. And if every team gets on it, that means even less meetings. They're using Miro for brainstorms, mind maps, customer research. So could we use Miro instead of having another 100 meetings for every round of feedback? Yep. You can comment, react to ideas, even leave a recording on the board. And what about presentations? There are Miro templates for that. How do you know so much about Miro? I've actually been using it all along. I just used a Miro board to plan the best vacation. Okay, I'm on board. See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com with three boards free forever. That's M I R O.com. Looking for a new career? Welcome to Do HVAC Training Service Center in North Charleston. Enroll today in our comprehensive HVAC training hands-on field experience-based program covering troubleshooting, maintenance, installation, and more on various HVAC systems and ductwork. We offer EPA and NAIT preparation and testing along with various certifications. Enjoy payment options. Take advantage of their November specials. Achieve certification in under five months. Enroll now for your new journey of skill development and career advancement. Log on to DEWH backtrainingsc.com to inquire. Welcome to the Lakeside Drive F1 podcast, named after the fastest part of the Albert Parker Grand Prix circuit here in Melbourne. My name is James Baldwin. I'm an F1 podcaster and motorsports podcast producer, and I'm joined by Thomas J. Camp, otherwise known as Campy, the self-proclaimed F1 prophet, and Freya Brolsma, who comes to Formula One with a psychology background. If you're here for big opinions, unique perspectives, and some Aussie banter, then you have come to the right place. Welcome to the Lakeside Drive F1 podcast, the Australian opinion on Formula One. Let's get into it. And I'm joined by my friends and yours, Freya Brosma. G'day, Freya. Hello. How are we all doing? It's been a while since we've had this combo. Yes, a while, very long time ever. Who knows? I don't remember it. Campy, <laughs> welcome to you, mate. Good morning. Hello, listener. It's a good trio of dips this morning, Freya, so it's nice. <laughs> trio of dips. <laughs> Which dip are uh, you? That's what I want to know, Campy. Mm, with, uh, without, without offending a culture. <laughs> Which dip are you? <laughs> I'm going for like a roasted pepper with some like cashews in there. You know, you get that kind of mm, mm, yum. I'm, can you tell it's dinner time here? <laughs> is, is, is Campy's beanie the, uh, the like the peanuts sprinkled on top of the hummus when you're opening the packet? Uh, well, it's great to have your company, both of you. Uh, and it's great to have your company to listen. Welcome to a slightly new format of the show. Freya is going to be joining us for all of our preview and review episodes for the rest of the year. Very excitingly, of course, with the departure of he who shall not be named. Um, which I will never, ever give up that Harry Potter reference. Uh, look, we're going to immediately dive into our Discord server. If you want to join the Discord and be part of our community, you can find the link in the description below or go to our website and click, click the community button. We're going to go straight to our talkback segment. And I have asked the Discord 
for some bold predictions ahead of the Dutch Grand Prix. But let's start with some bold predictions from you both. Freya, have you got a bold prediction for me? I know we're going to talk about actual predictions later, but my bold prediction is Hulkenberg on pole. Oh. I think he's going to continue his streak of having his one lap brilliance and mm. very little else going on for the rest of his weekend. <laughs> um, and he's going to hold on to it, though, for, for at least two and a half laps, at which point he will gradually let everybody buy like the Haas that he is. <laughs> wow. Very uh, good. Very Thomas good. J. Camp, give a bold uh, prediction for us. Uh, Danny Rick will win in a rain-affected Grand Prix this weekend. Come on! <laughs> okay, well, that's something that we can all get behind. Uh, well, let's go across to the Discord now. Lisa Rue says, Verstappen, Red Bull's last win before the winning streak is ended in Monza as the previous year's winner is destined for a DNF. Normal programming will resume in Singapore. Ross he says Verstappen to only win by 20 seconds. Yeah, that's true. Mm. <laughs> it's been a big one. Pretty bold. <laughs> um, Ross double O, different from normal Ross. Ross double O says Sergeant will get a point. Look, it's absolutely uh, a potential, I suppose. LBS says Verstappen, DNF, Hamilton wins. Well, that'll be interesting to see if Mercedes can make any kind of progress towards the front. Steenroller says Ferrari win because they'll get a strategy call correct and don't screw up their pit stops. That is a bold prediction. <laughs> um, and <laughs> Beefcake Mega in the boldest prediction that is absolutely 100% chance of no success is DeVries will get a point. Uh, <laughs> Oh, no, he says 28 blood alcohol content, DWI. He will get points against his license. So <laughs> very, very oh, good. Mate. Very good from you. Um, and I also have found a Discord comment of the week. And now it's time for the Discord comment of the week. If you're aware of the F1 podcast spelled E-F-F-W-O-N, Dax Shepard and Friends do that podcast, um, they found out that there's this erotic fan fiction of Daniel Ricciardo, which is a whole thing, apparently. Cool. Um, Dax cool. being friends with DR sent him a, a voice note to say, hey, have you seen this? And anyway, there's a, there's a whole thing. It's actually quite funny listening to DR's reaction, live reaction as he discovers and starts <laughs> reading some of this stuff. Um, anyway, <laughs> Lisa, Lisa Rue says um, there, there's another guy on it who's a hairdresser and VB let him cut his hair. They have so many angles covered. Maybe Campy can become a nail tech. Well, <laughs> Campy, thank you very become much. a nail tech so we can have access to some drivers. Look, the problem. Please with, tell me pro- when we're talking about nails, we're talking about like actually hammering nails in, not anything to do with beautiful, you know, talents. <laughs> well, it's I the electrician the, way, of course. I could do the nail and hammers, but if we were referring to uh, fingernails, I can assure you that my mitts. Uh, a bit too big to be that small and delicate in order to get into the right places and make them beautiful. So Context incredibly important for that, <laughs> that comment. Dax Shepard is going to put us all out of business when it comes to podcast world. Between Armchair Expert and F1, and I'm sure he's got a 100 million others kind of that he's cooking away in his brain, and he does a brilliant job of them as well. Like I know I probably shouldn't be saying please go listen to his other episodes, but he's entertaining. He's obviously got great relationships with a lot of these people so he can you know get them on and get their reactions as he has in this situation. It just seems like an all-around legend. But, uh, yeah, good luck to the rest of us basically. <laughs> we also have in our Discord server a little cats and dogs and pets 
channel, which is Freya's favourite spot to be. Um, it it's also Campy's favourite spot to be because there is a photo of him and his new dog, Bonnie, which uh, we recorded an episode last week, Campy. In fact, we recorded two episodes. We recorded the start of one episode and Bonnie was so full on eating literally everything, all of the cords, the microphone, me <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> trying to focus. We had to restart it, but an incredibly cute photo of you both. Uh, listener, if you want to go and see what Campy looks like, like a stunned mullet. Um, there is, Freya, also a social comment of the week where I trawl F1's socials for my favourite place to be. Now, the mid-season break is always a difficult place to find content. Uh, do you feel like people start to struggle towards the end as we get towards the next race to come up with original content? Oh, definitely. Well, I don't think they're even trying to do original content anymore. It's, you know, let's rank the drivers in various, you know, rating systems which don't exist or which driver <laughs> has the best pet, which to be fair, we also do with, with ours as well. I currently have a, I don't have a Bonnie, a gorgeous little dog. I do have a stray cat that we feed and comes every morning and every evening. We've called it Roger. I'm pretty sure it's a girl um, and he's currently meowing at our front window <laughs> so I can't contribute to that conversation um and between that and their holiday activities and things like that it's that we're really scraping the barrel but I completely agree with the find that uh you have highlighted here as our social comment of the week it's pretty special yeah it's uh it is about some you know drivers coming into your dms on instagram it's obviously fake and um, George Russell one says, uh, you wouldn't guess who I bumped into Daniel Ricardo, come find us and underscore full stop W I L J Z H underscore, which is just one of those <laughs> social media usernames, I suppose says he's not the only driver George has bumped into. <laughs> so good. It's an absolute so good. mega comment. Uh, if you want to get involved in our discord server and be part of the show, go join it. It's, it's a great place to watch the Grand Prix as well. If you're not there, um, Campy is stuck in a time loop of getting in and out of this <laughs> Riverside session, freezing and then leaving again. So we'll just keep going Freya and pretend let's. like everything is fine. Um, let's move <laughs> to F1 this week. There's been some movement, really just of drivers having some mid-season break fun. Yeah, like I said, we are seeing a lot of it on social media. There's been a lot of partying uh, in Ibiza. Ibiza. I'm just not going oh, to make sure I'm saying that correctly. But they're all over there. They're having a great time with um, Martin Garrix and various other DJs, which looks really hot, actually. I was about to say mm. it looks really great, but actually it just looks really hot. <laughs> so <laughs> between that and people playing pickleball and jumping off boats, we also have our absolute favourite, VB, yes. Who, yes. whose content I just... My favourite part about this is that he could literally be doing absolutely anything, anything mm. in the world. If you wanted mm. to go and find cold weather and go skiing, you could do that. If you wanted hot weather and be jumping off boats like everybody else, you could do that. If you wanted to just relax on a Caribbean island, I highly recommend Cayman. He could be doing literally whatever he wants. And what is he doing? He is dressed as Duffman riding up a gravel bike race like I just love that that is what he has chosen to do when he can do literally anything sir you win (laughs) (laughs) um I'm not sure if you're aware the only reason I have Facebook anymore is that uh, there is a brilliant group 
that is F1 Simpsons memes. And I'm just, I just reckon Tiffany Cromwell is part of that because it's mostly an Australian <laughs> based group. And I reckon she's just like, do you know what, VB, there's just so much content here. I know that we can activate like these thousand people um, who who are just totally into it. It's also just a hilarious place to be. Again, the only reason I have Facebook, if you're not part of it, absolutely go and join it. It is hilarious. I really enjoy that tinfoil idea that Tiffany's in there and feeding that content back to, to Valtteri to help uh, craft their social media um, ideas and stunts. That's so great. Yep, that's how tinfoil beanies should be used. <laughs> Exclusively. Why wouldn't you, though? Um, the group is called Put It In MGUH, by the way, uh, as an absolute mega Simpsons reference. Um, there are 5,700 people. It is it is like this really unknown group in the Formula One world, and the content here is just it's absolutely fantastic. Um, but Mel Keegan in this group says, I'm sorry if it's been done, but I swear he knows, in fact, of this group because it's <laughs> it's like Duffman did the SBT hill climb. Duffman won the costume competition. Duffman won an amount of his weight and mates of beer and Duffman donated all of it to the people <laughs> attending the gravel as spectators or competitors. Like the guy is just absolutely feeding it. Um, really, really enjoy it. Campy. Yes, mate. Whilst you're whilst you're still moving in a frame, and we can talk to you at this point, <laughs> you've come in and out of the session so many times. Um, let's talk about Felipe Massa very quickly because uh, it's been we spoke about this a couple of months ago that there w- he was exploring options to reclaim his 2008 championship hopes. He's now seeking compensation, apparently, for the loss of that. Where does all of this sit with the F1 profit? Uh, not good. We spoke about it, and this is referring to the 2008 incident, Crashgate, where uh, it was Fernando Alonso's teammate who crashed at a perfectly opportune time so that Fernando could get the pit stop and do a massive undercut and come out in front. Now, the problem I have with this is if that if Felipe had to finish second in the race uh, and then gone on, I can kind of understand where he's coming from. But when incidents happen and he pitted and Ferrari, once again, same old, same old, stuffed up the pit stop, like royally stuffed it up and put him so far out of position, um, and he would have lost the race anyway. So that's my problem with this this whole situation. Whether he gets compensation or not, I don't think so. It's not a good look for him. I don't think that's just a bit of a sore loser. And what, we're 15 years down the track from when it happens? Just. Move on. Move on. I understand that it's a world championship, but in everybody's mind, you will never be a world champion. So <laughs> suck it up, mate. The whole paddock love you. I remember those scenes from your last race in Brazil before you retired the second time. was utterly amazing. <laughs> Came out, walked down the pits, everyone cheered you. It was awesome. Just move on. This is this is not a good look for you and all the sport. Yeah, Freya, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, to be so far down the track, and to to really be considering these options, he is absolutely very much loved person in the F1 paddock. Still, still does a lot of presenting and that kind of stuff. Is it really worth him chasing this? He obviously feels that it is, and I think that what is interesting to me is how quickly it did actually come about after Bernie made his comments, which is obviously what has fueled this um, kind of renewed attention on it, because um, he basically said that. Yeah, we knew, but we didn't do anything about it um, until, you know, the date had slipped 
whereby it becomes too late to to put it in a complaint and make any changes about it. And the reason for that is that it means that he has been sitting on it and thinking about it and he hasn't dealt with it. You know, it, it means that, you know, someone so quickly to then say, right, we're acting on that. I would say that it, say that it's something that he has probably never quite dealt with, knew something went on there as we all did, um, but hadn't actually heard somebody say, yeah, we knew and didn't do anything about it. And so it's something he always hasn't really processed. And I think there's two things here. One is the compensation component, which I don't think is motivation enough. I don't think that's what this is really about. The other part of it is recognition about the fact that if not for unlawful acts, he would have been awarded the 2008 championship. Now, we might not necessarily agree with that statement, but that is how he feels. And there is no there are very few greater motivators than a sense of injustice, that sense of being wronged when you see something that's wrong happen in front of you. Um, you know, we look at road, road rage incidents, it's the same thing where like someone else does something and you're there following the rules. Um, it drives you absolutely bonkers and that is, I think, the motivation here. He wants to be recognised as the rightful winner of that season. Um, I think the the compensation is kind of by the by, to be entirely honest. But anyway, so what has happened at this point is that they submitted the letter before the claims that goes to Stefano Domenicali as well as the um, FIA president. And basically they submit that before they go to court proceedings and they have 14 days to provide a response. And if that's not um, satisfactory, then they go go to the next stage. But I think at the heart of all of this is somebody who feels incredibly wronged and who hasn't processed that and wants the recognition that he feels is due. Good point. But I feel wronged about the way McLaren treated Danny Rick and I want them to change it. So I'm going to launch legal action. Just because you feel a certain way and there was some injustice there doesn't mean that the whole world has to then move on and give you what you want to make you feel better. Give me a fucking break. Life has its challenges and its stuff and there's injustices. Suck it up. Move on for the betterment of everybody else. I feel wrong that we're even having this conversation. <laughs> well, you are on F1 podcast camping, so deal with it. This is the news this week. You can go and, go and talk about something else if you want. But and I, and I don't disagree necessarily in that I don't necessarily agree actually that this is the right move. I think he'd be better off talking to somebody about this and processing that pain that he obviously experiences. But I think what is hilarious is that, you know, Lewis Hamilton, you know, he's in for – Abu Dhabi, he has going to have to do the same thing. He's not going to go back on that and say, you know, and obviously they had their process after that, but every single one of these drivers is going to have a day where something didn't go in their favour. It could be interpretation of the rules. It could have been how something was applied and the discretion with which that was applied. It could be the steward's decision on the day. It could be this, that and the other. Of course, this was a... This was a bit different, I think, because there was premeditated plans to, you know, do something that was going to benefit another driver. So it's a little, it is on a different scale, I think. But, you know, by the end of a championship, you're not going to have a single driver who hasn't been affected by something like this in some way. Um, so if maybe in 10 years' time he can sit down and have a cup of tea with Lewis and they can talk about their shared injustices. <laughs> 
Are they going to take another world championship off Lewis Hamilton? Oh, I don't think so. They've already done it once. And <laughs> to Lewis's credit, the way he is the way he has handled that has been exceptional. In the sense that we all know what he's feeling and we all know the injustice. Toto made some comments about it last week, not oh, a couple of months ago, sorry, albeit not complaining, just just the fire in his belly that came after that to, to get back to the top and get Lewis another world championship. But the way he's handled it's been excellent. He's bottled it up and he hasn't talked about it publicly. He's kept it to himself. I'm sure there is a raft of emotions that he feels about the way he To be he clear, was we are not recommending that when somebody suffers something that's really painful that they bottle it up and don't talk about it. That's really not what we're encouraging. No, but here. Oh, sorry. I do agree that. No, I get, I get what you're I mean, from. In, in that, a public that idea sense. of saying he's dealing with it privately. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, same time next week for the next session. Yeah. Let's I don't keep talk going. To we'll talk. There's not a lot of movement in the. <laughs> oh, what you is don't this then? Say. <laughs> uh, let's keep. Let's keep moving. Uh, the driver market, nothing is happening. We spoke a little bit about it last week, Campy, in terms of some rumors. What there is, though, is some movement potentially. Um, in the team market now, there is uh, there is an understanding apparently that uh, high tech GP of um, F two and F three fame and Andretti have uh, joined forces to get together to try or to put a submission together to Formula One um, or to the FIA, I should say, to be accepted to have a Formula One team. Now, the way that this works is that there's a whole list of criteria that the FIA need to tick off to make sure that. Uh, these parties can actually put a Formula 1 team together. And if the FIA grant approval, then it's up to F1 to grant approval. And Campy, let's be honest, that approval will never, ever happen, will it? No, I think F1 at, at, at the top has made decisions around who they want in the sport and who they don't want in the sport. We've heard, um, and I talk about Audi and possibly Porsche coming in. They're, that's the direction which they're going. They want bona fide manufacturers. They don't want teams like Williams who are independent teams coming in anymore. Now, Andretti has been trying to make some moves for a long time to get into the sport for the last three or four years, and I think this is strategic on their part by going to someone like a like a high-tech GP who does deal with the F1 and the FIA all the time because they race in F2 and F3 and they have the relationships in the paddock. So they're trying to get them in there to, you know, massage the conversations a bit more and go, oh, okay, so we won't come in just all by ourselves. We'll come in with someone that's existing that you have relationships with and uh, we'll go from there. But I thought there was a half a million dollar buy-in. That the uh, that they announced for any new teams coming onto the grid before 2026, I believe it was a few years ago. That was part of the uh, new bargaining uh, agreement they had within the sport. So, I mean, that's a big outlay of money just just to get your spot, let alone the infrastructure you need to build and 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 grow off. And it's but the other thing too, it's good for high tech GP too as well. <laughs> Because they can then, you know, they can use that investment. They can build up their junior teams, get better drivers, all that stuff, and then make the jump into F1. So I, I don't mind them trying it. I don't mind them coming in. But this is one of those sports really that is ruled from the top. And if you don't meet the criteria in any way, they will just walk away from you. And that's a shame, but that's just the reality of it. They've got a brand to protect. There's been so many comments from team principals about how they don't want to dilute this prize money and how it's very expensive to run Formula One teams and all that sort of other stuff. Uh, we can only imagine that there will be a significant pushback from them. 
to Formula One, which would sort of force their hand to say no to a team like this. And there's also the logistical considerations as well. You know, can you fit an extra, you know, the extra drivers in the pit lane in various places? We're about to go to a track, which I think has the shortest pit lane of the season, basically. And how is that going to work? So I think there's there's a lot of considerations where they are also thinking about the practicality of the week of the weekend and how it works and if it's even safe. Um, I think we all want to see more seats because we want more drivers to get drives and to have a Formula One career. I don't think there's anybody who's arguing that side of things. There's so many wonderful drivers who are not going to get their chance in this racing series. But there is a lot more to it than just saying, yeah, let's just get another team in because the tracks aren't built for that, you know, for that. Now, it doesn't mean you can't change things. It's going to, but there's going to be that, it's going to be a very big resistance, I think, especially from the existing teams. And some of that is, like I said, logistical safety, whatnot. And then you've got the more selfish, I want to say, motivations around what does that mean for us? What does that mean to the prize money? What does that mean? They're going to come in and build these amazing new facilities while I'm stuck with my old ones and I can't expand them because of the cost cap. Like how is that going to work? There's going to be a lot of pushbacks for lots of reasons. So I I, I struggle to see it getting across the line anytime soon. Yeah, there'll be some kind of announcement uh, from what I'm told in the next couple of weeks probably about that the fact that they've been granted permission to enter, but commercially they haven't been given an opportunity to. I mean, they could they could then go onto track to the track and race a Formula One event. They just wouldn't ever be televised, and it would just be an absolute mess in how mm. to sort it out. Um, I think I think you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, things have changed so much in Formula One. You look back when Haas entered the sport; there, everyone was flailing around the place. Williams was really struggling. Marussia fell off. A whole bunch of other teams had gone. They'd came in and everyone was wondering if they'd stay or survive. They have. And now the team would be worth quite a lot of more money, I imagine. So um, I think if Andretti wanted into the sport, which obviously he really, really does, the way to that would be to purchase an existing team. Uh, at least there is now one potentially on the market in Alpine. It'd be interesting to see that. Uh, Freya, you're Dutch. What's going on with these flares at Zandvoort and can we actually see the track this weekend? So apparently what you should say to somebody who pulls out a flare is, come on, guy, this is dangerous for my health. So (laughs) (laughs) Exactly like that. Because that's. That's gonna work. Mm. (laughs) Have you met Max fans? (laughs) It's so they have said the race director has said that um, they are trying to crack down on flares this year. Um, uh, There's two things they're looking at. One is trying to crack down on flares, um, and the other one is talking about trying to be more inclusive and have a safer race location, which I'll get to in a second. But from the flares perspective, that is what they've said. So I think what they thought initially was that when people showed up with flares they saw themselves as a really good fan I'm a the best supporter out there because I brought a flare and look how much I love Max Verstappen what they're trying to say is no that makes you really annoying because people can't see anything people can't breathe it's really dangerous during the outlap was it two years ago the formation lap and someone threw a flare onto the track so then they had to like, you know, have various protocols in place for that, um, which is going to disrupt your racing. So no, you're not cool if you bring a flare, but <laughs> I just love the fact that that is 
what they think is should be your response. So, you know, I think it was something along the lines of, um, you know, we now know that it's really dangerous and it's not good for your health and we have to inform people that you're not a good fan if you have a flare. You're a good fan if you don't have a flare. And if you see a flare, you say, come on, guy, this is dangerous for my <laughs> oh, All right. We've just had an incident in Melbourne with a sporting event with flares. And it was with the Matildas in their in their World Cup semi final in the Go Tillies. In, in the yeah and so anyway we're at Federation Square it was on a big screen and in Melbourne and fans bought the flares blah blah the police reaction was to say oh we're not going to televise the game on Saturday night now because because of the behaviour of a few people with flares in Europe it is God's given right to take flares to a sporting <laughs> event. Everybody does it. Now, if somebody tells me to not take a flare to a friend and you're a bad guy, I'm taking more flares just to give them the shits. Look, the problem is, is you cannot live in a nanny state of over burden and control in order to stop people from having fun. If you don't like it, go and stand somewhere where there's not flares. Have like a tiny little safe space for your no-designated flares zone. Exactly. Impossible. Suck it up. Impossible in the Dutch Grand Prix. It's just all it is. Campy is the reason that we can't have nice things. <laughs> well, that you is can true. blame me all you want, but... The other thing that they are trying to improve at the circuit this year, which I think is good, is talking about trying to make it more inclusive. So I think the one thing here is obviously um, it is going to be very max heavy in its supporters, and they've actually said that a lot of people who are going in their Ferrari supporters, their Mercedes supporters, whatever don't actually feel that safe going to the race. And I think that's when things go obviously go too far and that's going to affect their – it probably wouldn't – actually, that's not true. It probably wouldn't affect their ticket sales because they have enough Max fans to fill the grandstands. But it's still unfortunate. And then the thing is that the outcome of that is that drivers don't want to go there anyway. So they're trying to put in place um, some like various initiatives to try and make it a bit safer for everybody um, and then also when it comes to harassment and things like that because they have had a few incidences at this circuit before. They've got designated locations at the circuit for people who are reporting any instances of abuse or harassment and that type of thing and they've been working alongside Austria as well because obviously they've had their own issues um, as well as the Belgian and Spanish Grand Prix as a bit of a working group to kind of say like how do we try and reduce that kind of um you know antisocial behavior at, at tracks so that everyone can come and can come and watch. So we'll see how that goes. Um but it's just glad I'm just glad to hear that it's on their agenda. Yeah, absolutely. Come on guys, it's not the NRL. This is Formula One. Let's be better about <laughs> it. Uh we're gonna go to an ad break. We'll be back in just a moment. <laughs> Before we get into the sponsor for this episode I wanted to let you know that there is a way of listening to Lakeside Drive totally ad-free. You can head across to our Patreon right now and you'll get access to ad-free content, totally ad-free right now on our Patreon. Thank you to our patrons already who are part of that community. You'll not only get audio access to content that has no ads, you'll also get access to our Discord server, of course, which everyone has access to, but a personal server thread where all of us here at the Lakeside Drive F1 podcast talk to all the time. Today, we discuss Miro. Today, I want to talk about the hellscape that is technical diagramming, right? Everybody's nodding their heads right now, Uh uh-huh. And there is a potential solution that I want to share. There was one name that several people brought up. 
I did some digging and it's kind of nuts how much this program Miro has for developers. I have to share this. It could potentially be a game changer for you. So my favorite part about Miro is that half the work is already done. Like right now, typically we spend hours starting diagrams from scratch, gathering information. You get buy-in from every team. Uh, you know, that's a lot of work to do. But Miro has a full set of integrations with the tools you're probably already using. And they also offer open APIs and SDKs for custom solutions for all those niche diagramming use cases we have to do, right? So the end result is the same, but it doesn't take forever. It's a massive, massive time saver. I'm transforming basic flowcharts and network architectures, and it all lives in one place. So are you using Miro? Have you used it? I want to hear. That's M-I-R-O.com. Looking for a new career? Welcome to Do HVAC Training Service Center in North Charleston. Enroll today in our comprehensive HVAC training hands-on field experience-based program covering troubleshooting, maintenance, installation, and more on various HVAC systems and ductwork. We offer EPA and NAIC preparation and testing, along with various certifications. Enjoy payment options. Take advantage of their November specials. Achieve certification in under five months. Enroll now for your new journey of skill development and career advancement. Log on to DEWH. Backtrainingsc.com to inquire. Well, a massive thank you to NordVPN for sponsoring this episode of Lakeside Drive. You can go to nordvpn.com forward slash Lakeside Drive right now and you will get a heavily discounted rate on a two-year plan. Plus, you'll get four months free just for signing up using Lakeside Drive. So go to nordvpn.com forward slash Lakeside Drive to get access to that offer and you'll experience absolute privacy online. There is so much peace of mind when you use NordVPN. Not only is it the fastest VPN in the world, you'll be able to easily move yourself all around the world to unlock region-locked content. So if you wanted to watch the Matildas absolutely dominate France in a penalty shootout, then you could have done that if you were sitting in the UK by watching 7 Plus here in Australia using NordVPN. You can also see what they've got in store for protecting passwords and files. There's so much more to NordVPN. Go to nordvpn.com forward slash lakeside drive right now. All right, let's do a track preview. Campy, where does this Zantvoort track rank for you in the Grand Prix circuit? Top 10 of where we're going this year. So I, I like the bank corners. I, I, I cannot wait to hear what percentage grade those banking turns are on this year. I can't remember from last year. But, um, yeah, it's great. It's a bit tight for me. It, yeah, it's a bit tight and it's not as – I love the openness and the long straights of Spa with the incredibly challenging corners. This is probably the complete opposite. This is a bit – it's a bit more of a, a Monaco-type track – but but a bit a bit longer in its layout. So yeah, I, I really like it. I think it's a good spectacle. I I think the fans are incredible getting around Max. I don't think it's a track we need to go to on F1. I think it's one of these tracks that was probably great in yesteryear. Not that I remember those races, but um, it's just one that the cars have outperformed. And as the cars get bigger and they get faster. Uh, it it doesn't bring out the best racing in this on this track, but I still like it. It's a great spectacle, looks great. There's a few, particularly over the back, where you come down that hill and do a little hairpin turn around. It's, I think it's great. So, uh, lap one's always good. 
on those bank corners. You try and get the inside or outside, a bit NASCAR-esque, which is good. So bring it on. I'm, I'm up for it. In future episodes, uh, Campy, I want you to talk us through a whole lap of the circuit oh, we're going through with your descriptors <laughs> of things. Yeah. Martin Brundle, take a lesson, sit down and listen to how Campy does it. That was beautiful. A little hairpin turning around back on itself. <laughs> Should I talk about how you oh, made very me good. feel now, Jim? And how we could change that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, careful, I'll bring out a flare, uh, Freya. <laughs> what are your memories of Zantvort? What are my memories of Zantvort? I can't remember anything. It's just orange mist. That's right. But to quickly answer Campy's uh, question, so apparently when it came back to the calendar in 2020, 2020 it was angled at 32%, which was 18 degrees, which is twice as steep as Indy. So, yeah, that's some white knuckle stuff. Um, but I think when we think about last year's race here, we had lots of good action on track. I, this isn't isn't one that I kind of instantly think of as one of my favourites, but when I look back to last year's race, for example, we had some interesting moments of people kind of coming back out of the pit lane and there was a lot of strategy involved and I think you see people here win on strategy because of the nature of the track. Like you said, Campy being a bit more Monaco-esque, it does make strategy very interesting and important and we we saw that here last year. Last year we had K-Mag oversteering into gravel and barriers, so he's, you know, not necessarily having the greatest season, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes here and if he's feeling recharged after the summer break. If I see that on one more social media post, <laughs> I swear to God, I will get rid of all of their batteries. Um, but uh, we also had some good moments. We had Lewis and Perez have a bit of, ba- bit of a battle here as well as Lewis and Verstappen at moments. We had Yuki's weird tyre thing last year. You want to hear he, he came in and pitted, they sent him out and he was like, something wrong with my tyres? And they were like, yeah, pull over, stop now. And they're like, no, it's fine. And then he tri- kept going, which was very bizarre. Um, George nearly ran into the back of Lewis as well, very reminiscent of that social media comment that you had mentioned earlier, James. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was an interesting race here last year, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's not in my top ten, but now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it should be. Mm, I like how Campy said it's in his top ten, and then said, "I don't think it should be on the Formula One calendar," meaning that there <laughs> there are fourteen tracks too many, which is probably not not an unfair statement, yeah. to be honest. Lewis should have won last year too, from memory. He got robbed because of uh, safety flags, which meant Max could pit. Yeah, Max pitted, but then he like, he wasn't even on the podium. It was um, Verstappen, Russell, and Leclerc. Like he didn't even, yeah, didn't even podium last year. Talking about podiums, let's let's see our predictions ahead of the Dutch Grand Prix. I'm going to start with the F1 profit, self-proclaimed, I should add. Uh, now, Campy, I want your front row for qualifying. So who's who's put it on pole and who's in second? Who are the top three for the podium for the race? So the podium, and then who's finishing in tenth? All right, we're going front row is going to be Max and Carlos. Um, oh, Carlos to bounce back from uh, from a yeah, just the pressure he's starting to feel in the media and the reporting around his seat moving forward. Um, top three will be Max, Lewis, and Checo, and tenth will be Danny Rick. Or Yuki Sonoda, but it'll be Danny Rick. 
the fast AlphaTauri. Freya, who's your front row podium and who's coming in 10th? Not just because I love an alliteration, but we're going to have Lewis and the Claire locking out the front row. Mm. I think that Lewis is has done well on this track. I think he likes it, despite it being so Max preferred. And Leclerc, while he will start on the front row in P2, will not be on the podium, obviously, because it's Ferrari. Um, <laughs> so moving on to, exactly, moving on to the podium, I think Max is going to win original, I know. Wow. Um, wow. And <laughs> hey, we've already done our bold predictions. Um, <laughs> Russell in second and Piastri in third. I think he's going to get his first uh his first podium here. It'll be a third, but uh, he'll get it done. And then 10th, I'm going to say Yuki because DR is going to be in eighth. Ooh, Last okay. is going to be Logan. Sorry, mate. Uh, okay. My front row will be Max and Oscar. I think Oscar is going to absolutely dominate Lando in the second half of this season. Yep. Am I saying that because yep. I'm Australian? Yes. Oh, oh. Uh, and am I also saying that because he's quick? Yes. yes. Um, podium yes. will be <laughs> podium will be Max, Oscar and Carlos because I, I'm with you, Campy. I think th- there will be some, <laughs> sorry, Freya, some recharge of Carlos's batteries. You're out. You're voted <laughs> out. You voted off the island. Full depletion of battery. Uh, be, and look, I think it'll be good for him just to get a result over Charles. And 10th, I'm going to put Valtteri because the guy needs some points. I just don't think the cars ahead of him uh, are really going to, unless someone has a significant failure, I don't think there's going to be too many options for, for that kind of, considering you've got Ferrari, Mercedes, McLaren, uh, Aston Martin and Red Bull. That's We spoke about this last week. That'll be the top 10 anyway. So let's go Valtteri. Let's uh, take that Duff Man attitude and have all of the beer for all of the Dutch fans as you finish. Uh, well, that's it for this episode of Lakeside Drive. Thank you so much for listening. Freya, thank you. Anytime. Not anytime, but sometimes. Specifically at this point, once a week. Campy, yes. thank you. The F1 self-proclaimed prophet. Uh, I am looking forward to your pre-recorded voiceover and outros for the next episode. Looking forward to it too, as you should be, listener. Okay, great. <laughs> High energy. I don't believe you. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us here at the Lakeside Drive F1 podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, can I please ask you a favour? Could you leave us a rating or a review on either Apple Podcasts or on Spotify? It makes a huge difference and allows us to reach more people. If you'd like to financially support the show and be an absolute legend, of course, you don't have to, but if you'd like to, there are a couple of ways of doing that. Firstly, you can become a Patreon become a patron of Lakeside Drive and you will get ad-free content via the Patreon website. The other way you can help us out financially is by buying some merchandise. Head across to our store at lakesidedrive.com.au or follow the link in the show notes to go and check out all of our merch. And finally, if you wanted to support the show and do that by joining our community, head across to our Discord server. The link is also in our show notes. Thank you so much for listening. See you again very soon. Podcast Network.